0: I thought it would be a good morning to speak on, but I didn't know what was going to be happening. So Anyway, I've done a bit of sniffing. Oops, nose blowing down there. It's going to be fine. Um, We are going to be looking at Jesus. We want to fix our eyes on him again. Um, and we want to look at him from a variety of different angles. And so we call the thing facets. And here's a couple of definitions for you if you don't know that word. One side of something many sides, Especially a cup gem. Our Jesus is a beautiful gem. And it's going to be good to look at the different sides, the different facets of who he is and what he says. It's also a particular aspect or feature of something, and so we're going to be looking at the characteristics of who Jesus is, from the I am sayings to his personality, his gentleness, his strength, to, from his miracles to his parables. It's going to be amazing because he is so multifaceted. And as a speaking team, we're really, really excited about getting into this and moving forward together in this one. And I hope you are too. So don't miss out. And if you do miss any, catch up. As part thing I'm going to be kicking off today, looking at this, Jesus as the light of the world. Start of 2023, a time for new beginnings. It's a great time for us to look at our relationship with him as the light of the world. To look at what it means for us to be people of the light and to look at our relationship that we have as people of the light with darkness because that's important. And we sang this morning... And I didn't know we were going to, so I put here, sometimes we sing. But we sang this morning the song Freedom by Jesus Culture. And the opening line that we sang together was Step Out of the Shadows. And I want that to be the encouragement today, that we as people of God would step out of the shadows. Now to those of you who are uninitiated, you will not know that two or three years ago I started wearing glasses for reading. For those of you who are initiated, you know that I can't stop mentioning it. You know, it's, it's such a seismic shift in my life that, you know, here they are, I'm just wearing them beautifully now because, you know, I, in the early days I was talking about should I put them on my head, do I get a nice bit of string and look like I do an antique show. Um, if you've got string, by the way, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and yesterday I found myself sounding exactly like my dad because I was saying to Nikki, where are my glasses? I've lost my glasses. I'm, I'm, growing up, I heard my dad say that all the time. Um, in fact, I've lost my nice ones. These ones are the Morrisons pair. Um, and... Sort of look very much like the other ones. Um, So if you do find a pair of ones that look like this with Ray-Ban on the side, that'd be nice to have those back. But, you know, I'm not expecting to find them because I'm so not used to having them. Anyway, so the initiated, you know I do this. The uninitiated, this uh, is the first time you've heard me talking about glasses, but it won't be the last. Um, So I want to talk about something that if we take care of our eyes, we've all had in the last five years, and that is an eye test. If you haven't, let this be a little prod. Go and get your eyes tested. Um, and this is what we're going to talk about for a moment: the experience of the eye test. So you go in, and uh, you go and let them know that you're there, and then they go and get you to sit down in the outer courts. We'll call it the outer courts. There's a few chairs there, and then you're invited through, and they ask you a few things. This is going to trip me up by the end. Thank you, Tim. You saw it. Thank you, buddy. Just lob that in there. We've got ex-worship leaders in there who didn't behave. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Tim, thank you. We don't really, we don't. Um, Alistair Tulloch, who's seen him for years? No, he is actually here. Hi, <laughs> uh, Still under there, sorting out the, the wiring. Um, yeah, okay, so you sit down, you go to the outer you sit down and uh, they tell you then they're going to give you the, the puff of air on your eyeball, yeah? You know when you're somewhere where it's serious and people say, whatever you do, don't laugh, there's nothing funnier. Like, that's hilarious. This is one of those moments. In three seconds, we're going to put a puff of air in your eyes, don't blink. You're like, oh, I think I'm blinking. I'm trying not to, but for some reason, I just can't stop blinking. And uh, suddenly this thing goes, poof, into your eyes. And I actually quite like it, but I know some people don't like it at all. And then they say, because they want to check your peripheral vision, how many lights can you see? Now, this puts me in a stressed position. So I'm like, well, I know what I can see, but how many should I see? I can see three, but do you want me to say four? I can say five, if you like. Um, I'm, I'm under massive pressure. And then you think, that was too fast. I don't know what I saw at all. and I'm, I'm, I think I'm guessing. I don't know what I'm doing. And the pressure is on. And then, after a few more tests, you go through to the inner sanctum, to sanctum, so the Holy of Holies, and you go and sit in that special chair. And suddenly... Things come at you faster than the shopping on the Aldi conveyor belt. It comes just absolutely rapidly. Which is the brightest, green or red? oh, it's gone, I don't know. Which, which one's more in focus, this black dot or this black dot? I'm always thinking, I don't know, I have no idea. I, I think I'm guessing my way through the whole thing. I think it's the left one, I think it's the right, I think the blue's brightest. Um, it's such a stressful time. Can somebody please make it stop? And then comes the time when everything you've learned about looking at bright lights all your life and not staring at the sun suddenly happens, they dim the lights, and then Obi-wan Kenobi comes in with a lightsaber. <laughs> in front of your eyes says, "Oh, I think I'm burning. Like, I think my eyes are burning."!" I mean down and said, "Oh look, a little bit of fun. Um, yeah, suddenly this massive, massive, bright light goes into your eyes, and you feel like you're, you're, every part of your eyes are, bl- are burning, and it's exactly what you've been told not to do. Now. Silly stories aside, whether, whether it's the optician's chair or whether a doctor's got a small torch and shining it in your eyes, it's important to see how we respond to the light. In the darkness, our pupils dilate, they get bigger, and in the light, they constrict. And there's a condition where pupils are excessively constricted, so your pupils are like little dots, and that's called meiosis. And I was going to strapline this message, walking with meiosis, but it sounded a bit too much like a, a, you know, a clinical condition. So I think we'll call it... Walking in the light. But as people of the light, we should actually have more pinprick pupils than dilated pupils. So think Think about that one. We should walk in the light probably a little bit more than we do. So Jesus in the writings of John is regularly referred to as light. And we have actually had a couple of messages about Jesus being light at the end of last year. So do have a listen. They were amazing. This is where it starts in John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is Jesus by the way. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome or understood it. So Jesus is light. Again in verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So right at the start of John's Gospel, we hear that Jesus is light. And then a few chapters later, Jesus confirms it in chapter 8. He says this, or it says this, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. That's pretty definitive, isn't it? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is light. Pretty simple to understand. And we are designed to live in the light and not in the darkness and I think most of us would agree with that. Let's look at Isaiah 9. It's a classic Christmas verse and we heard it even here on Christmas Eve. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. Yes, we have the light. We are people of the light and yet, and yet it's so easy for us to not live as people of the light. Maybe to live as people of the shadows. Maybe to live as people of the half-light, the occasional light. Maybe in the dark. And I've been so challenged in preparing this message that God doesn't want us, as his church, to live with what we might call acceptable levels of darkness. But he wants us, at the start of this year, to come fully and passionately into the light. Now you may think, hold on, Pete. I've said yes to Jesus, so I'm not in darkness. After all, Pete, Jesus did say this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So you can't, I'm already the converted. You can't speak to me about this one. But the key word is follow. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And for those who are interested in Strong's Concordances, that's the Greek word 190. Check it out. And it means to follow, to walk the same road as, or to accompany as a disciple so it's not make a one off decision 20 years ago so here's a paraphrase of that verse i am the light of the world whoever walks the same road as me accompanying me as my disciple will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life you see there is a difference and we are called to follow closely and to be his disciples and to walk where jesus would have us walk It is still possible, as followers of Jesus, to live in the semi-darkness. And at the start of this year, God is calling us higher. Let's read this really uh, challenging passage from 1 John. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. I find it really challenging. This, this is a challenging passage, passage, and it would be brilliant to do a message just on that little passage. There's so much in there. Particularly that bit that it says, if you walk in the light, then you're going to have fellowship with each other. That would get rid of all gossip and backbiting and slander and issues in the church that shouldn't be there. If we walk in the light, those things disappear. It's a really interesting end to that passage because it says, in him there's no darkness and if we walk in the light as he is in the light, dot, 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 I don't think many of us would have said we have fellowship with each other. That probably wouldn't be the important. Anyway, we're not doing a message on that verse for now, so let's understand that we're not just called to, to know of the light, but to walk in it and live in it. So, how do we then end up in semi-darkness or darkness, as people of God. How does that happen for us? Well, the first thing is, some of us choose it. Some of us actually like it. We like the shadows, we actually like the darkness. Let's be honest. We don't accidentally slip into bad decisions. Sometimes we choose it because it's easier. We choose it because we like it. We like a bit of gossip, we like a bit of backbiting, we like a bit of that TV program. Whatever it is, we choose it deliberately. And at the start of this year, I was saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I feel like there's a very straightforward challenge for those of us in that camp. And we all spend time in that camp sometimes, who choose darkness. And the challenge is this, stop it and choose light. Okay? That may be all you need to hear at the start of this year. For the times when you're walking in the darkness, in the semi-light and in the shadows, stop it. That's enough. Choose the light. How else do we do it well? I want to start by, well, the actual, what happens is we become accustomed to it. Um, and I want to give you a couple of stories to, to highlight that. When Nikki and I, and I know some of you have heard this story before, but when Nikki and I met way back in 96, we did a couple of weeks working in Brazil in Sao Paulo in the Valley of Blessing, which was an orphanage. And um, it was amazing working with Fund for a fortnight. And we saw wealth and we saw poverty. And sometimes they were right next door to each other. And we were going to plush churches where everybody was suited and booted and incredibly expensive suits and beautiful dresses. It was like going to a masquerade ball without the masks. People looked really, really swish. The churches were ornate and stunning. And yet you could come out of the gated village where the church was and look over the wall into a massive favela with absolute poverty. And we got to walk through this poverty with open sewers, and it was terrible. And we we were thinking to ourselves, you know, how is it that the church can coexist with this? How can there be such wealth here, and missing that, and 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 this is happening over here? And the guy who was with us from Tearfund, when he was making the video, he came up with this amazing question, which is, or this point, this point, which was that um, there are things that we all screen out, and there are things that we all become used to, and therefore we become blind to see. And so it's easy for us to go to Sao Paulo and say, how could they do that? But I tell you what, half of Chelmsford could come in here and say, how did the church do that? And we can't even see it because we're blind to our own cultures. And so not to judge what was happening there, but to be challenged. There are things that we screen out. There are things that we start to live with that become acceptable in our eyes. That if we were looking from the outside, would not appear to be so. So sometimes we become accustomed in that way, that we just get familiar for another example of how we become accustomed to the light, I want to talk about putting Seren, our youngest daughter who's four, to bed at the moment. See, our girls don't sleep with night lights and things. So um, once I've, I've prayed with her, I flick the lights off and she notoriously protests that it's too dark. It's too dark, Daddy. My eyes are black. I can't see anything. She always talks about her eyes being black. And I always say this to her, just wait. Let's just sit here for a while. I'm not going anywhere. Let's sit in this darkness for a moment. Let's linger in the darkness and your eyes will adjust. And as we sit there, her eyes adjust. My eyes adjust. And then I ask her what she can see in the room and she can still see her teddy bears and she can still see this, she can still see that because she has adjusted. And as I leave, I tell her I'll leave the door open so she can still sit there. And she's actually lying in the darkness, but she's happy because her eyes have adjusted to it. And it's a cute story. But what about us? The same thing happens with us. When we step into situations that are dark, into conversations that are dark, that are TV, into TV shows, into films, into gossip, into slander, into backbiting, into pornography, whatever the thing is, when we step in, our first spiritual reaction can be to recoil. It's too dark. It's too dark. That's not me. And the enemy whispers in our ear just stay here for a little while longer. Just linger in this place for a little while longer. Your eyes will adjust. Your spirits will adjust. And you'll realize it's not really that dark. And you can justify yourself because you'll see other people there in that darkness that you think, well, if it's okay for them, it must be okay. What a challenge it is for us that we mustn't become accustomed to things that are darkness when we are called to be people of the light. Because soon we stop noticing that there is a lack of light. And perhaps we even forget what the brightness feels like. If we look at Isaiah 9 for that, we've read it already once. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. What are the people doing in darkness? They're walking in it. They're not stumbling. they're not tripping up. They're accustomed to it. It doesn't say the people stumbling around in the darkness, these people are used to it. And those people who, you know I've seen programs sometimes just seen it on TV, where you, you see somebody who is physically completely blind when they walk into their own home environment. You wouldn't know they were blind at all. They completely can move around with with absolute certainty. And for us, who have spiritual blindness sometimes, we can get into the familiarity of a dark place, but we can move with such fluidity you'd think we could see everything very clearly. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We do not want to be, at the start of this year, accustomed to darkness and dark living. And the good news is, That even if we have become a little bit too accustomed to the shadows, with our pupils very dilated, God is calling us again into the light. He's calling us to reside in the light. Not be occasional visitors to the light, but to abide there. And don't be fooled. Light can be really irritating. Light can be irritating. Remember my eye test? That light was irritating to me. Think of the shepherds in the fields that night. Light can be really, really irritating. You know what? Aria, Kate, was wearing this hat earlier. <laughs> Thank you, Grandma. Okay. So. Now, I don't look great in hats. Top of my head's probably the slimmest part of it. So put this on. I look like I weigh 27 stone. So there I am. <laughs> Sorry, babes. Sorry about this. Oh, okay, there it is. Woo! Now, Grandma thought these would be great for all grandchildren this year. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure they will be. But Aria was wearing this earlier, and she walked into the prayer room, and she was blinding all of us. Now, I'm going to walk off the platform for a bit. So, people at home, just imagine what's happening. So, if I go down here and and start to talk to people with this bright light, it's really quite irritating. Hello. Hello. What do you think of that light on my face? So, the thing about a bright light like this is that the reaction that people were getting earlier was this. Oh. You've seen that in films. Often baddies, be they zombies or be they I Am Legendary things or uh, Dracula or something, when they're with the bright light, the, oh, can't have the bright light. Even the orcs, if you're watching the latest series, I'm going to leave this on. Makes a good point. But um, the orcs in the latest uh, Lord of the Rings series thing, they don't like the, darkness, the brightness at all. They have to stay in the dark. It can be irritating when things are really, really bright. Saul on the Damascus Road, bright light. As I said, shepherds in the fields. A bright light in the middle of darkness is not comforting. It's not comfy. It hurts our eyes and can be painful. But once again, if we'll let our eyes adjust, we can start to see clearly. In fact, we can start to see more clearly than we ever saw before. Because when you come out into the brightness, you can really see. Everything he has for us, everything we are designed to be, everything we're designed to do, just reside with him in the brightness and you'll see so much. And As I said just then, it can be painful to be bright. And I know when I was much younger, this is a challenge to us as the church, when I was younger, I found people who were passionately following Jesus a little bit annoying. <laughs> I found, like, just, just chill, just, could you just tone it down a bit? Always want to be praying about something. There's sort all, of, you know, <laughs> holier than thou. Thi-. You know that sort of things. Like, I'll oh, just calm down. Just be like the rest of us. Be normal. It's all right to love Jesus, but you don't need to be over the top about it. Now, that's how I used to think. Why? Because b- the brightness in them was irritating to me. I didn't like it. Just calm down. Just go in the shadows with the rest of us. That is not how we should live. If you have a passion for Jesus don't allow anybody to pour water on it and if you are a could you imagine if you actually had to write down one of the things you do in the life of the church I pour water on passionate Jesus followers you wouldn't write it down so don't allow your spirit to do it when you see somebody who is passionate about Jesus and on fire for them just say come on how can I fan this a bit more you absolute nutter let's go and change the world together It's okay to shine brightly for Jesus, and if that really irritates you, like it irritated a 16-year-old me, then the problem is you, as the problem was me, and not them. Okay? So I'm saying a few harsh home truths today, but we are called to be people of the light, and if you shine brightly, shine. Go for it. That's what you're called to do. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So at the start of this new year, let's spend some time thinking about what we have become accustomed to. And let's choose to step out of the shadows into the brilliant radiance of Jesus. I'm going to pray for us as the band come back up. Lord, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And Lord, we hear and we understand that we are to be people of the light. Who live, who abide, who reside in that place with you with pinprick pupils because it's so bright wherever we go Lord forgive us that we so easily slip into the shadows and into the half light and into the darkness we want to just why don't you lay your hand on your your heart Lord we want to commit this year to be people of the light help us to come out of the shadows and to live for you and to shine more brightly